Hey, it's Amelia, aka Big Tit. And I'm Natasha, aka Little Tit. And together, we're, we're the, the Graveyard, Graveyard Girls. Welcome to today's Big Tit, Little Tit. tit. Before we begin. Okay. We kind of was like doing the Big Tit, Little Tit because we think you might like some spooky tits t-shirt yes coming up earlier on earlier on later on in, later the, year. On in the year i do know what i'm doing natasha we, yeah we're we're very tired today it's been a long few weeks for both of us yeah so listeners if you want to be classed as spooky tits yes. we will have some merch coming very soon, soon. in the couple, next couple of months yeah in the meantime if you could just wander on over to the graveyardgirls.co.uk just to have a have look see yeah, we've Maybe got all something. Yeah, we've got the shop on there. We've also got all of our uh, free streaming episodes. So, mm-hmm. if like use maybe you've been using podcasting apps, but it's not really your thing, you can actually get all of our episodes on our website. And we also have links to our Patreon. Yeah, on so there as if well. you want to support us in the show, you could grab yourself something from the shop, or you yeah. could just head on over to Patreon and maybe subscribe to the very low tier if yeah. you just. Yeah, it's just like a bit of monthly support. Yeah. So the tiers start from one pound. There's a variety of tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, each one you get different things depending on it. But yeah, if you wouldn't mind taking the time to go and have a little look at that, we'd massively appreciate it. We would. So today is another big tit, little tit. Yes. And this time we're not watched anything. No. <laughs> I say we've done research. I was very frustrated. frustrated. We were both frustrated. Um. I haven't, for me, I'm not happy with the case in terms of how I've researched it. Like, you know, my other cases, I'm quite, I don't, this makes, maybe it sounds a bit big headed. I'm quite good at deep diving into cases and finding really obscure things and going back and looking Mm -hmm. through loads of old newspaper articles. This was the most frustrating thing I've ever researched in my life. And I've been able to go, like, I haven't been able to go through all the information. Realistically, if I realised it was going to be as big as I want, as it is, I would have started researching it months ago because I think it needs months worth of research, yeah. uh, not like a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. So what we're doing today is missing 411. Mm-hmm. We have been recomm- well, recommended this case, yeah, but I've also thought about it, like maybe doing it, but it's also hundreds of thousands of people. Yes. So we can't include Everyone. At first, when I looked at it, I thought like it was obviously I knew it as a number of people, but it made like because people have already made episodes on yeah. it. I thought like, oh, we could like cram this into an hour episode. Like it's not going to be that difficult to research. Yeah. Then I started researching it. Nothing is organized. Nothing makes sense. Everything's very contradictory of each other. Mm-hmm. And I was getting very frustrated with it. like for me, like I like to make notes and then I write on my episode. This I'm not going to lie. Not that I gave up partway through, but I got very frustrated with it and I didn't know how to order it or organise it. And there's lots of information I either couldn't find mm-hmm. or I've only found half parts mm-hmm. and I didn't have enough time to do what I wanted. So I think we might have to do a revisited because there's some things I found but haven't been able to properly research, but I want to research them yes. because and I'm curious. So the term mm-hmm. missing 411 was coined by David Pauldies. Yeah, I was... I'm. I'm glad you don't know his name either because I was trying to work out what it is. Paulides. So he is a former police officer and he's now a writer who's written mostly about Bigfoot. Yes. Amongst other things. This instantly made me go a bit, because when I read the first line, like he was an ex-police officer, I was like, okay, he's Mm going to be like, he's going to be someone that's like looked for missing people. Like he could be like really informative. And then the next line was like, before he wrote this, he wrote two books about Bigfoot. Yeah. I like Bigfoot and the idea of Bigfoot. However, it immediately makes me think, 
Is this man going to be a big conspiracy theory man? He is. <laughs> so he is known for the missing 411 conspiracy theory, which is about people who mysteriously disappear predominantly in national parks, but also elsewhere as well. Yeah. But do they mysteriously disappear? I'm not convinced. So after writing a bit a book on Bigfoot, he began working on the missing 411 subject as a off-duty park ranger expressed concern mm-hmm. about the questionable nature of some disappearances of people in national parks. So Paul Adiz himself has written over 10 books mm-hmm. as of 2021 yeah. on missing 411. Yeah. During our research, mm-hmm. we discovered hundreds, if not thousands of people yeah. connected to this. So in all honesty, we could not physically research all of those no. in time for this episode honestly if I, i'd known how big this yeah. was we would have left it much longer to research but we kind of two weeks ago we'd mentioned it to each other about nearly a month ago mm-hmm. and then two weeks ago we finally decided okay this is the case we're going to do is our next joint one which literally gave us two weeks to research it and i thought two weeks is more than enough time because it normally is even on my big cases it's yeah. not taught me more than eight or nine days so then i was like yeah i can easily do this and then obviously i didn't do it for the first few days and i got to about a week and a half ago and I thought, oh, yeah, this is this. I saved all my resources. I thought it'd be easy. And then as I started doing it, I was like, I have a question about this. I have a question about this. Then I looked into one thing. Then it opened something else. Then I couldn't find one bit of information. So I was like, where did this person get their information from? And, oh, my God, it opened up a whole can of worms. It's very annoying because, like, before, like, looking into the theory, mm-hmm. I thought there was more of a connection. And then you yeah. just, when you look into it, it's just people who go missing yeah i i think it's literally and i think most of them are can be easily explained yeah i don't think there's a big mystery yeah there's at least three documentaries on it we Mm -hmm. might watch them to either do another episode or maybe kind of try and understand the logic and yeah like why he thinks this happens because i ended up finding one of his books which is where most of my people yeah i managed i've taken the ones from his book as well and then i made a bit of an well we'll get into it eventually but i made an extra point from stuff that i then found that sources that weren't from him yeah and it i don't want to say contradicts it but yeah it's quite different Mm. which is where then for me if i'd gone just based off the book i think this would have been a very different episode to what it's going to end up being Mm. yeah so we both watched something that someone has done some research on Mm -hmm. i we well, I suggested we pick one person from that, which was uh, Stephen Kubecki. Yeah. So he went missing in Lake, Lake Michigan in mm-hmm. February 1978. Yeah. And he was 23-year-old college student and he was a cross-country skier. Yeah, and he decided to go on a like a solo skiing mm-hmm. trip, which was normal for him. Normal. It's something he did quite a lot. He's like, he's very knowledgeable about being in nature, being mm-hmm. in a wilderness with yeah. snow and he stuff. had the experience it's yeah. not he's not a novice so he was on a trail on a lake and that there was like footsteps and that seemed to disappear i think it was for 200 yards 200 yards and then like they were like the tracks just gone yeah it was believed that he fell into the lake yeah and then was trapped under a thick layer of ice and couldn't get out yeah and then there was no evidence well it was his backpack left behind and his skis yeah um yeah they'd Yes, his backpack and, and his skis, skis were abandoned. And then nothing 
else of Stephen was found. And then over a year later in May 1979, he apparently woke up in a field in Massachusetts, which was over 700 miles away. Yes. And then he ended up getting in contact with an aunt and then he was reunited with his family. Yes. He didn't realize how long, how much time had passed from Mm -hmm. like where he disappeared and where he turned up. What do we think? Um, I kind of did a bit of research on this one okay. a bit later on. I looked at some... It brought up a number of mental health mm-hmm. conditions that mm-hmm. could possibly say this. And there's one in particular that I looked at and I have written about. I don't know if you want to go for the other case first and then I'll discuss it or not. But there's one in particular that I feel for a lot of cases could explain possibly what happened to a number of these people where they've gone a long period of time and then reappeared quite a way away. Tell me that. Okay. So I'll go on to that. So this is something called... I think it's a fugue state. Is that how oh, it is? Oh, yeah, yeah I've heard fugue, of fugue state. state yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for anyone that doesn't know, it's a temporary state where people have a memory loss or like amnesia mm-hmm. and they end up in unexpected places. Mm-hmm. Now, people with this have no memory of how they come to be, where they end up being. And it usually happens in cases of severe trauma. So this could be emotional or mental trauma, but it could be a physical trauma, as in mm-hmm. a severe head injury, mm-hmm. which obviously let's suppose in these instances some people could have either had a previous mental health condition or they could have had a fall which has triggered this yeah um people usually eventually regain their memories um but almost always need mental health support in order to get to that point afterwards Mm -hmm. okay so the term uh fugue comes from the latin word for fleeing or running away Mm -hmm. so it's like running away fleeing from your memories kind of makes sense which is um why quite often the symptom involves traveling or wondering People who experience a fugue state usually can't recognise gaps in their memories until they become aware that they can't remember something. Mm. People often unintentionally travel to specific locations or wander off when in this state, and often they'll come out of a fugue state and feel confused because they don't remember how they got there. So in Stephen's case, makes sense. It does make sense. It makes sense for a lot of cases that Mm -hmm. we've found. So then obviously I needed to do a bit more research into it. So fugue states... um, can last from as little as a few hours to days or even months, depending on how severe the trauma was. Mm -hmm. When shorter episodes occur, it's harder for others to notice the signs. Um, So to those in a fugue state, may just appear that they're either late or might look absent. So these people could maybe have been experienced, those that have it in terms of mental health, Mm -hmm. might have been experiencing this for a long period of time. And then what happens to those with the shorter ones, if it's due to mental health, they gradually get longer and longer, these periods in between. Okay, yeah. So these people might, in day-to-day, they might just start turning up late to things or they might look a bit absent or like spaced out. It could have actually been going on for a long time, especially if it's uh, trauma-based, maybe something that happened in childhood. It mm. can build up over time. So you might not notice it straight away. Obviously, the opposite to that is when it's a sudden head trauma, so maybe a fall or yeah. something. Um. When fugue states last much longer, people can find themselves much further away from home and some have even been known to take on new identities and start a new life until their memories return. So these are the ones where it lasts for months, Mm -hmm. which in these cases, I feel like could explain it. So I wanted to look into it. It's kind of split into two groups. So there's dissociative amnesia, Mm -hmm. and this is a type of memory loss where a person can't access certain memories. This usually happens because of one or more severely traumatic events, which could include a head injury, but also mental um, illnesses. Memory loss happens um, as a defense mechanism to protect the person from recalling disturbing or painful events. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. 
Um, it could also happen because of ongoing stress or strain, especially when a person is faced with sudden life changes. And there's a number of these where people have found themselves in new situations or something in their life has changed. So it could maybe bring this on. And then the second part of this is uh, dissociative identity disorder, which was previously known as multiple personality disorder. Um, and the main symptom of this is having two or more personalities causing a person to feel like they're possessed or no longer in control of their thoughts and actions. And in some cases, the personalities have different voices, behaviours and memories. People's with this con- people with this condition almost also have this due to severe trauma in childhood. So this could be emotional, physical or obviously sexual abuse. And the personalities normally develop as a defence mechani- mechanism. So in some of these cases... Um, but it can be suddenly triggered by an outside factor as well. So something like a fool could it could, yeah, yeah, trigger yeah. it off? Yeah. Like your body's been sort of kind of hiding it, and if then, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And then it just needs a little... Yeah, yeah. And you like, effectively you snap yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I managed to find out about the fugue state. There was a couple of different mental yeah. health ones that popped up, but this one I felt as a general one it could explain a lot. It to a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. I think it might relate to my first case, to okay. be fair. So I'll let you go through your cases that you found. So in Washington, Gunnar Peterson, he was 65, and he disappeared on the 6th of August, 1950. Mm-hmm. Two miles south of the Canadian border, he disappeared feet away from his family as they were picking huckleberries. Okay. The search, They searched the immediate area for hours, calling the entire time, and they never heard him respond. Authorities were brought in and dogs never caught his scent in either direction. Ten days after various searches, his daughter and her husband found him five miles away from where he disappeared. So this case stood out to Paulie's because according to him, people who go missing while picking huckleberries are some of the most difficult cases. He doesn't know why. Gunnar believed he was injured, but he wasn't sure and there was no evidence of him being injured. He only remembered eight days of the ten days he was missing. Mm-hmm. Paula Dees wrote that he finds it ironic that out of the hundreds of people missing, uh, uh, looking for him, it was the daughter that found him, not canines and equestrian. So he missed two days out of ten days. Okay. He doesn't remember anything. He believes he was injured, but there's no evidence yeah. of him being injured. So what happened? Okay. Like I said, these few, I think it, it's a good way yeah. of explaining, especially if it's a sudden trauma. Because like I said, there's a large number of these that just keep reappearing so many, mm. either days or months later, and yeah. they claim to have no recollection of what happened. Which is most the cases. So it's like, I don't want to keep like going over like, oh, this one happened because it's the same. Yeah, I've tried to pick a few that were all a bit different. Yeah, mine too. And some of them, like, they say that they're disabled, but they don't say how. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of details missing, but in some of my cases later on, there's one I look at in particular, much more stuff comes out much later on. So mm. do you want to go through all of yours first and then do mine? All of mine? Uh, yeah, can oh, it's up to you. We could do that or we could take it in turns, whatever you want to do. Um, let me see. I can do like a couple of states and then you do a state. Okay. Okay, so I'm still in Washington on okay. the West Coast. So Cody Sheehy, he was six when he disappeared. Mm -hmm. And he disappeared on the 27th of April, 1968, in the Blue Mountains area outside Wallowa, Oregon. Okay. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I know there's a few of these around. I'm a bit like, "Mm." I don't know. (laughs) 
So Cody was at a family picnic and he and his 10-year-old sister were playing in the forest. This is where Cody went missing. Okay. Cody's mom was the only one to take them. So she's the only grown-up in the uh, the picnic. Okay. Uh, so she couldn't search for him by herself, so she contacted authorities. The county sheriff, forest service, state police all came to the search. Two helicopters were searching from above and canine units were on the ground along with equestrian units. Uh, it was continuously raining throughout the entire search. 7.30 the next morning, Cody appeared at the doorstep of Beverly Hansen asking for directions to his grandfather's ranch. Mm. She said it was far too far for him to travel to, so she told him to come inside and she phoned the sheriff, and then he was reunited with his family. So why was this included in the missing 411? Well, it's claimed the small six-year-old walked 18 miles through very rugged mountains in the rain in only 15 hours. Okay. Cody claimed that he kept hiding and climbing trees because he felt like someone was following him. So although a child of six can obviously walk a distance, can a six-year-old walk that far? Yeah. In torrential rain, up a mountain. Quite unlikely. Yeah. Not impossible, but quite unlikely. Mm. And he said he was hiding because he even said himself he could hear the helicopters. He was hiding in the trees because he thought someone was after him. Yeah. He even said he thought he was being followed by coyotes at one point. Okay. But he also thought someone or something else was following him. Okay. So how did he get 18 miles away? I don't know. No idea. There's a few things when I, we won't do this now because I'll go through the cases, but there's a few other bits that I looked at that were unique factors. And I think the children one might fall into that one possibly. Yeah. Moving on to the next one. So Paige Wilson, she was eight and she disappeared in Floodell Campground, 19 miles east of Colville. Yeah. For some reason, I didn't include the date. Oh, okay. So Naughty and Sasha. She disappeared. When she disappeared... Sorry, where she disappeared, it has many, many strange things happen over the years, according to Paulie's. Mm, okay. Paige's statement after she was found 40 hours later was that she was in one place one second and then all of a sudden she was somewhere else and looked around and she was lost with no one around. Okay. So that could be the... Where she like forgot where she was. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. My last one for Washington State. This is Joseph Wood Jr. and he was 34. He went missing the 8th of July, 1999. Mm-hmm. He went missing in Mount Rainer National Park. He was an Eagle Scout, so he had significant training on what yeah. to do in the wilderness. He went missing while attending a Unity, Unity 99, which is a conference of 8,000 minority journalists. Right. He was there as he was a brilliant writer, editor, and known in publishing circles in New York. Okay. As he was an avid bird watcher, he decided to go look at the birds of the surrounding area of the conference. On the trail, he met Bruce Gaumond and they spoke about what birds Bruce had seen. And he told um, Joseph that there's snow about five to ten miles ahead on the trail. So be careful, watch out. Uh, And then he said there was like a questionable snow bridge. So avoid that. This is the last known contact Joseph had with anyone as Bruce walked down the trail and Joe continued upwards. Right, okay, so opposite directions. His ex 
attended the same conference and she noticed that he was missing. Yeah. Problem is, Joe never told anyone what he was doing, where he was going. Okay. So... It's based off that last item from the other person, but it doesn't mean that that's the way he decided to go. And a snowstorm wiped any evidence away and nothing of Joe has ever been found. So... What happened there? Did he get buried under something? Or has he had another of these fugue states and he's just completely turned up somewhere? Yeah. Completely different? No idea with this man. Like, he should have known, like, what to do in that state. You don't keep walking... Or you do walk a little bit and then you see, oh, there's like snow. Mm-hmm. I should maybe turn around. Yeah. So like what? There's no... But then also, can is that thing, if you know if you've gone in such a remote place for so long, can you lose... Oh, I feel like a lot of people might lose their bearings, even experienced mm. people. Yeah. And then what they think is the way back isn't the way back and they actually end up wandering further and further without yeah. realising it. Yeah, maybe. I'm just wondering like how far like in the snow on the trail has he gone? Because yeah. I don't think it's like Oh, has he even action. gone that way? Has he gone the snowy way? There might be another way. I don't know. He, Do you know what I mean? Like he, he was on the trail that this man was on. Yeah. But that's it. We mm. don't know. Exactly. So he literally could have changed his mind and decided, oh, I'll go this way instead. Exactly. I think what like they always say is that like, you always have to tell someone where you're going. Mm-hmm. Even if you're going wrong, you've got to tell someone where you're going. Yeah. Just in what, case. You plan your route and stick to it. Yeah. But yeah. So Whereas I'm just like, oh, this looks like an interesting <laughs> way. Let's go down yeah. there. Where does this take us? Mm. And then I'm like, oh, okay. I think it's a bit easier now because we've got like GPS and stuff. Mm. I know it doesn't always work in like really remote places, but mm. in terms of like nearest, like we could probably locate you if you disappeared. Just look for bright whatever hair I've got at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll just call your name Natasha. <laughs> I'll just be sat there like. <laughs> yeah, you'll be waiting for me. I'll find you <laughs> somehow. I'll I'll get the little ponies out and I'll uh, track you down. Okay. And I'll, I'll get the dog as well. I'll say I get the dog sniffer dog. He, he is quite prey driven. So maybe if I get something with your scent on it, he might pick it up. Oh. Because he doesn't watch where he's going once he's caught a scent. Like he literally, he's walked into bins, lampposts, full works when he's following a scent. So might actually find you. He might mm. bang into a hundred things in the process, but you know. Yeah, I probably hear him coming. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, there he there is. He is. <laughs> okay. Okay, so do you want me to do one of mine now? Go on then. Okay. So this one is in uh, central, is it Ontario? Yes. Okay. And this is a case of two men, of George Whedon and Meryl Newcomb. Now, George is 63 and Meryl is 50 years old. And this case... Meryl a man. Meryl a man, yeah. It is a man's name. It's quite common in, I don't want to say olden days because 1959 isn't that long ago. What's the alien film with Joaquin Phoenix? I'm sure he was a Meryl. Might have been. But, but every time I hear it, I think of Meryl Streep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is that film? Signs. Okay. Sorry. I'll believe you. Got distracted. Okay, so this was one that, uh, I was going to say Paul, David picked out is being quite an unusual case. And it is unusual, sort of. But I think maybe later on you could somehow, if you deep dived into it, you could probably explain it. Okay. So these pair had been at a hunting lodge and they failed to return from an outing on October the 29th, 1959 and were never seen again. They were last seen between mile markers 106 and 107 of the CPR line. So George Whedon was a person that was never going to walk very far. In 1941, George had been seriously injured in a train accident in which he'd broken his back and sustained serious injuries to his right leg. It was known that he had difficulty walking, so wouldn't have travelled long distances on foot. So I couldn't find much on Merrill other than that 
obviously he was with George and that it was Merrill's family hunting lodge that they'd been staying at. So they knew the area. This wasn't a foreign place and they weren't just visiting on holiday and they'd never been there before. The pair were both seasoned hunters and outdoorsmen. They'd often stay close to their truck due to George's injuries Mm -hmm. and they would have been armed because they were obviously out hunting. It was incredibly unlikely that a bear had attacked them as bears had already been in hibernation by late October and weather in the area would have been very cold, snowy and difficult to walk in. So you add that to George's condition, they really wouldn't have travelled very far. It would have been incredibly unlikely. Yeah. So people typically did not hike in this area over long distance at this time of year as well due to the weather conditions. Um, law enforcement conducted extensive searches well into the following spring after the snow had melted, but no one could locate either of them or any remains or their belongings. Okay. So I don't know really how you would explain that. Something happened, obviously, the pair of them together, but I would have expected that you'd at least find one or the other like i agree again like he said oh it was mysterious but i agree with the whole i don't think it was a bear attack thing i think mm. you would have either seen some sort of scuffle yeah um also if there was two of them for one person yes he could have been taken by surprise by an animal but if both of them there and are hunting you would have expected one to have shot the other animal but also it wouldn't be a bear attack because they're already in hibernation so it'd have to be some sort of other animal yeah i do have one that i included because he's always like oh there's always this kind of animal involved Mm -hmm. but is it an animal or they go missing yeah for me i feel like if i was able to deep dive into that particular case more and maybe find newspaper articles from the time Mm. i think i could probably come up with a solid theory as to what i think happened to them yeah it's like he's trying to fit everything into this mold where it's like he's trying to make everything a mystery yeah and i sometimes don't think it is yeah which is like I like the idea of mm-hmm. there being... That on its own, it's yeah. like, ooh, what happened? Where did I, they go? Because I thought it was like, oh, Bigfoot's maybe taken them. Yeah. That's yeah, I did what, wonder if yeah. that was going to go. And look, he never explicitly says aliens did it, but I feel like a lot of the time he's hinting that it's something extraterrestrial. Yeah. So uh, what that what does that mean? Aliens. Yeah. So. There is a missing 411 alien connection. Yeah, well, yeah. lots of other people come up with uh, alien conspiracy theories later now. I was like, no, don't like it. Not having any of it. <laughs> Okay, so do you want me to do another one? Are you in the same state? Um, well, this one's an earliest one I managed to find. One of the earliest cases. It's not in England, is it? No. Okay. Well, okay. Because, like, my next state is just one person. So it's like, it. however you want to do it. If you want to do another one, because I did a few. Okay, I'll go with this one. It's only This one's only a short one. Okay. Okay, so the earliest disappearance I can find is of a nine-year-old boy called Stephen Ford from August the 5th. 1880 mm-hmm. so very early on i didn't think they went that far back i don't know why but i've got an early-ish one as well okay so stephen was the son of john ford who lived in mount pleasant valley and stephen disappeared while he was gathering berries near the house the boy had been missing for four days by the time an article had been published in the newspapers and searchers had not been able to find him that was it that was all paul included in the book that's it yeah yeah, there was apparently newspaper articles. And I was trying to find the Why specific... Why is it included? Well, that's what I thought. It was a part of a section about berry pickers. Because in the Eastern berry one, picking. he did a thing. Yeah. He kind of grouped in. He did a thing about farmers, thing about berry pickers. Yeah. And he tried to link them all together and make them all the same. Yeah. There was some similarities, but some of them I felt were a bit far-fetched. Because, like, in my other one where it's, like, it's common for, like, huckleberry pickers to go mm-hmm. missing and these are like the strangest cases group them together so i could research it 
Yeah. Because I didn't find any of the Huckleberry ones. No, so he kind of did this with this, but I wanted to then, he mentioned that there's newspaper articles. I couldn't find the newspaper articles mm. because I was hoping the newspaper mm. articles might have some more. Mm-hmm. And then I got frustrated, so that's all it was. But I included it because that was one of the earliest known cases. Okay. Or disappearances. So, should I do one of mine? Yeah, you go for it. So I'm going to California this time. Okay. And this is Sequoia National Park. Okay. The name is David Holtz. Okay. He's nine years old. And he disappeared the 13th of July, uh, 1971, mm-hmm. in Dorset Creek, Sequoia National Park. Okay. David is labelled as disabled. Okay. Does it not say what the disability is? Well, I don't know if this is what they mean. And obviously, time difference. Okay. We wouldn't say this now. Okay, we'll be politically really, correct. Yes. I will say what his dad said. He was mentally retarded. Okay. Not what I want to say. Not so learning difficulties, yes. developmental so, issues, yeah. shall we say. David took his three sons on a short camping and fishing trip and David and David walked a slightly different trail back to his brother to okay. the campsite. So it's like trails next to each other. So you okay. can hear each other. It's yeah. not like it's miles away. It's yeah, like, sometimes like this, the long grass, so yeah. you, can't, you can kind of see, but you can't yeah. see them. And yeah. you think you're close together, but some can peel off. Yeah, so it's nearly there. And, and then David never showed up. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to quote from the book that I researched, which is The Missing 411 North America. Okay. So David Holtz was a boy with disabilities who disappeared by taking a path put a path a short oh <laughs> a path a short distance apart from family members no trace of the boy was discovered for eight days until his tackle box was found on it the side of a road okay. it wasn't for another 11 days that david's body was found one uh, 1200 meters higher in elevation than where he vanished right david's fishing pole was never found and the specifics about the search for the boy and the condition of his body would never be known because the report was destroyed right okay david's tackle box uh, tackle box was found on a road that was heavily searched and traveled on yet it didn't turn up until days after it not being there so where okay. did that come from okay so it's either it got put there after it had been searched. Mm. Which there's a few of these cases, there was a thing coming up about people turn up in places that have supposedly already been searched. Yeah. But I'll get into that when I look at the unique factors thing. Yeah, it's just... It's, like, there's nothing on it. Yeah. I and this is what I don't... he was murdered or he died from the elements. There's nothing on it, I can't yeah. say. But weirdly, like I said, if you're able to then individually deep dive into these cases, I feel like a lot of them, you can actually explain them. Yeah. I don't think it's a mystery. Yeah. It's just people go missing in the woods. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, you think of the grand scheme of how many people go missing all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll do this next one. So this is a case of Edward, I want to say Girk. I think that's how it's... <laughs> I think that's how you say it. So this is another North American one, but it said Northeast. It was very confusing because the book that I took these from said eastern ones yet it, i swear it had cases from everywhere which is why i got yeah. incredibly frustrated with it, this case because you and i were doing like west coast east coast yeah i looked at the book that was like specifically western yeah and then you go in the book it's everywhere everywhere and which like, is what this is okay <laughs> so i'm very confused is he thinking like northeastern like that's what i'm going with because i know like 
even if you look at the north, if it's on the east side, it's still eastern. It's it's very confusing, and this is why I got very frustrated with it. What confuses me about America, like Midwestern, yeah, it's not that western. Okay, it's mid, but it's very like eastern to me. Okay, because like anything like west of Pennsylvania, yeah, that's like that's barely like in the country. That's like middle. Don't say midwestern. Yeah, because it's like it should be central, shouldn't it? Yeah. Okay, so Edward was a, um, a farmer at Bear Creek near, uh, is it Toma? It's like about... I don't know, I can't... I'm going to go with that, but it ends in a H. It's like T-O-M-A-H, so it ends with a H, so is it Toma? Mm. I never know, because they add extra fucking letters in. Well, like some of them supposed to, Yeah, I have got one of those, and I had to fucking... I, when I was writing it, I was like, Illinois. I've got to remember to say it right this time. <laughs> okay, okay, so he was... Well, this is a case where I think something else went on, okay? Because officially it said that he was killed by lightning, okay? Or at least that's the belief of the district attorney, P.T. Abel, of Monroe County. No investigation will be made into his death, okay? Like this is uh, what's reported in an Mr. article. P.T. whatever, he may have murdered him. Yeah, so I found this case in the book, but then I went to another source to look at the case because this was another one like my previous one where he'd barely written anything and I was like, okay, why have you mentioned it? And it's from these next bits I'm quoting, it's from a newspaper article, so not from the book. Paul failed to mention these bits. Okay, so this next quote taken from an article. One fact may know today by Dr. PJ uh, Sheely, I think it is, of Toma Further's mystery on Girk's death. His, cl- his clothing, according to, doc- to the doctor who examined the body, says it was saturated with either gasoline or kerosene. Monroe County cannot explain the presence of this. Mm. So then I would be like, why have they not opened an investigation? So then I, you go through the article a little bit and I, I question another bit. So Girk's body was found by his wife and daughter lying in a ditch on his farm. His neck was broken and his clothing burnt. Shortly after Girk left his farm... Uh, farmhouse a severe electrical storm came up and it's thought that the district and thoughts by district attorney abel was that the farm was struck by uh, a bolt of lightning and this is what killed him some reports also stated that he was found with sand in his mouth however i couldn't find that in this particular news report um a lightning won't break your neck or cover you in kerosene or gasoline yeah that's what i thought so i was like this isn't a mystery case this is a possible murder yeah because like there's evidence of his clothing being set on fire, but mm-hmm. it's also... He doused. just said, basically, in the book, he wrote it like he got struck by lightning, and that's why the clothes got singed. Mm. When I went to the newspaper report, the doctor reporting on the case was the one that said there was gasoline and kerosene on it, yet David didn't write this bit in the book. He left that bit out. Convenient. Which is then where, for me, this starts changing, because I'm a bit like, oh, is he conveniently leaving certain details out? Yeah, because like... Because that would have been available to him, that information, because this case happened in 1918. It's so... weird that, like, the gasoline or kerosene didn't ignite enough to, like... Completely burn, burn his body. Yeah. But then if it was only on a part of the clothing, like, was it soaked the lower half of the T-shirt? Was it not enough to ignite his whole body? Because let's... I don't... If you have a little bit that's going up. Think yeah. Think of the flammable clothing back then as well. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I suppose it depends if there was that, but then it didn't say whether it was raining. If it was also heavy rain at the same time, could it put it out relatively quick? Like, it's enough to kill him, but, you know, the severe burns, but doesn't completely decompose the body. But then how did he break his neck? 
I don't know. broke his neck first and then tried to burn him to get rid of the evidence? I don't know. Strange. I'm suspicious of the Mm -hmm. county person. Yeah, so am I. But was it just quick brush it under the carpet? Can't really be asked. Didn't like him. I want to marry his wife. It was quite an isolated (laughs) case. You know, because a lot of these farms are isolated within the national park, so they're just a bit like, "Mm, not really bothered. I have a uh, clothing... Okay. Oh, I let you go with this one then. Clothing involved. So I'm going to Idaho. Okay. I do like the word Idaho. Okay. I'm a hoe. (laughs) (laughs) Eddie Grant. He was 22 and he uh, disappeared on the 5th of October, 1949. Okay. This was 30 miles east of Grangeville in Idaho. So after searching for 39 days, three friends found Grant's body only a mile and a half from where he disappeared. Okay. So it hadn't gone far. The searches scoured the entire area for those 39 mm-hmm. days. They never found him. Uh, it appeared he tripped over a tree limb and was too exhausted to get up again. He died from expo- uh, exposure. His rifle, knife, chaps and hat were gone and his boots were cut off. Okay. Mm, okay. Because he wrote like, did he cut his own boots off? Why would he do that if he's been walking so far? It's October in Idaho. I, I'm not sure of the weather. I'm assuming okay. it's a little bit cooler. Yeah. I thought you might want to take your shoes off because you're hot. Yeah, or sore feet. Sore feet. And you're thinking, is it just easier to walk barefoot? Yeah. But then he's like, why would he cut his own shoes off if that's the logic? And then why would he take mm. his trousers off? Unless his off? feet, it's so swollen. Yeah. That like he was struggling to Get them take off. them off. Yeah. So he just thought, I'll just cut them. Then why would he like take his trousers off? Unless it maybe it was cold. It's one of those things where it's warm in the day, cold at and night. You... Could you have that thing, you know, where people remove yeah. their clothes? Yeah. It's like the hypothermia thingy. Yeah. The... Could it be that? Maybe. So he starts stripping. But I don't think it's that cold. Okay. I suppose if you're ill, if he's like maybe had a fall beforehand, made himself ill. Yeah, maybe. It can leave you in a bit of a state. Or did someone take all that off of him? Mm, yeah. Hmm, And just maybe. cut his boots off for... No reason. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they wanted them for themselves and then ripped them in the process and were like, oh. Yeah weird like yeah it's strange but again if you deep dived into that particular case would you find something quite different probably yeah okay have you got any more you want to go with next oh that's it for idaho okay so this next one is illinois i say it right this time (laughs) okay so in this one it basically includes a large number of cases of children under the age of five that go missing okay that comes up a lot as well Mm -hmm. but all are found later in previously searched areas and appear unharmed though obviously though they're a little bit confused and many were clean and dry though the weather had been poor okay none could tell anyone where they'd uh how they'd come to be where they were found and law enforcement ultimately decided that many of these cases of children had been kidnapped and then returned mm-hmm. and if you want to add that to the fugue state thing you could go they were traumatized by it they blocked mm-hmm. it out yeah. um then it according to paul's book the uh, bits of information put underneath four of the children who had gone missing were female there was a total of six um all were very close in age two were three year, three year olds one was two and one was five he doesn't put this, but my instant thought was, have we got some sort of sex offender? Because all the children are very similar and of a very similar 
age? Is it an opportunist? He's kidnapping the children. Maybe the reason they also don't remember. Has he drugged them? And then he's dropped them off somewhere else, which would explain why they're clean and dry. Mm -hmm. And he's just popped them somewhere. Or put them back where he found them Mm -hmm. because he thinks, well, they've already searched that area. They're not going to look again. Maybe. And the children are so confused. They come around from whatever it is. They're a bit groggy, a bit confused. My theory on that particular... He said it's mysterious, like it's weird links... I think it's a possible sex offender. That's how I would explain it. Yes. Or Bigfoot decided to take them on a little adventure. But if you want to be rational... <laughs> yeah, I know. I do know. you know what I mean? He's I making it out like it's some mystery. Yes. But I think if you think about it rationally, as much as it's not a very nice thought, yeah. it's a sex offender sounds far more plausible. Yeah. I like the idea of Bigfoot. Yeah. I could have gone a sex the alien of- route, I mean. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think a sex offender is far more likely. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. I have a child. Okay. You have a child? I have you didn't tell child. me about this, Nazasha. When did you pop this child out? It is in Montana. Okay. And this is 1903. Okay. But this child is not named. Well, because it's 1903, there's no... Um, newspapers don't print the name of the children. You print the name of the parent associated to the child okay so this child is known as william dunfrey's daughter okay she's an infant at the time she okay. goes missing so this is this uh september the 2nd 1903 i believe it's pronounced unk okay unk hills outside of ewing montana as i said it's the early 1900s so children's names aren't printed in the newspaper this area is now a ghost town but in the early 1900s, people were looking for gold around this area. Okay. William Dumfrey was prospecting when reports say his daughter was carried off by a wild animal. Okay. While searching for his daughter, he found a wolf's den. He waited a while to see if a wolf would come or go, but nothing ever happened. So okay. he eventually entered and there he found a mother wolf nursing her babies and sat beside her was his daughter. Oh, he decided to grab his daughter and left. According to him, the wolf, uh, the wolf, the wolf frowned at this, right? And then he left. This was included in the missing four one one because of she was carried off by a wolf. Okay, he but says, unharmed. Yes, he says it's noted lots of children are carried off by wild animals. I think he's trying to be like Bigfoot. Okay. Could I say, you know, like our other cases where you look at urban legends and people make up stories to get it in the news. Yeah. Can I throw out there that that's what this was? Yeah. Because <laughs> why would a wolf... Unless the baby's crying and she mistook that for her pup crying. Mm-hmm. So she yeah. takes the baby away. She's not going to harm a crying... Yeah. But also, weirdly, wolves are kind of related to dogs. Do so they have mm. like a mother caring, you yeah. know, like a nanny yeah. sort of thing? Yeah. Could maybe, be that. Maybe. Because apparently his daughter was like well fed and whatever. But yeah, I don't she was know how, yeah. yeah, I don't know how long she was missing for. Okay. It doesn't say how long she was missing for. So I was just like, did she feed yeah. from the wolf? Oh. I don't mm. know. That's what was not. implied. Yeah. Okay. Or she could have picked something up on the way. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Okay. How how many more do you have? Do you have any more? I have like two. Okay. I'll let you go for another one. Because I have one more, but it's a slightly bigger one. Okay. I'm going to England. Oh, okay. So this came up. This is according to Paul Dees. is the first case in the UK that matches the US missing 411 cases. Okay. So Johnny Johnson. Yeah. He was three years old in June 2020. Uh, 
in June 1955 on the 22nd. He disappeared in Salisbury. Okay. Or how it's that? Is it Salisbury? Salisbury. Salisbury. That one where the <laughs> Russian drug something. Yeah. That one. So he went missing for three days. Okay. When police asked what happened, between crying for his mummy, he told them that he talked to a doggy. Okay. He was apparently on a wet and misty plane for three days and no one found him. His clothes were torn and he was scratched all over. That's all it literally says. Okay. So it doesn't say whether it's by an animal or a tree branch. Yeah, so <laughs> Two very different things. All he said, as the police were like, where have you been? And he's like, I want my mum. Yeah. He's just, they're so, like, I was just talking to a doggy. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that came. They didn't like question him later yeah after reuniting him with his mom yeah they didn't they didn't follow on okay okay so this next one i picked it out because it's unusual in the sense of it's a whole family that goes missing Mm? okay Mm. so this is in oklahoma and this is in the three people are about to go missing in 2009 so relatively modern okay okay so uh madison who's five years old chevelin who is 40 and bobby jameson who is 44 um all go missing at the same time, um, which obviously makes this quite an unusual case. They had left from their residence in, I think it's Eufaula, uh, Lakeside, and had driven 60 miles to Panda, uh, Panola Mountain sorry, in, the, in eastern Oklahoma. They were visiting a 40-acre plot of land that used to have a natural gas well on site, but it had since been removed. That bit, I didn't understand why he included it. He just included it. I wondered if later on he was going to make some big thing of like, you were mysterious gas. But then there was no more mention of it afterwards. So I don't know why. Yeah, I know. Reading the book, it's kind of like, you've got to read between the lines a little bit. He's implying stuff. And you're like... Yeah, but then also leaves it there and doesn't say anything else. Like, I'm waiting for the link. Yeah. And I get very frustrated with it. Yeah. Like, research in this case is nothing what I imagined it was going to be. No. I got very angry with it, I'm yeah. not going to lie. Yeah, so I'm just like... I feel like I need it? to do my own research and not include anything that he said. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, like I said to you, it's like missing people. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't think there's a big mystery. Okay. okay. Anyway, back to these. So, the site could only be reached by a seven-mile-long dirt road, so single track. The family uh, met the landowner at the site and he gave them a short tour. The family asked if they could stay behind to walk the property. The owner agreed that that was fine and the owner said he then left the family and their truck on the site, okay? Several days after the family had gone, others in the area saw the Jameson's truck sitting on a dirt road just a few feet outside of the site they'd been visiting and called authorities. There's a dog in the car. Yes. I know this case. Okay. Latimer County Sheriff uh, deputies arrived at the location to find the uh, truck with a camper parked on on a site with the family dog, Maisie, inside starving and dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Deputies removed the dog and searched the truck. And this is where it gets a bit interesting. When searching the truck, the deputies found $32,000 of cash under the front seat. Everyone's IDs and wallets, as well as their cell phones, were also found, as well as a, uh, a set of coats. So a search was set up, which included the use of helicopters, the FBI and Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation, or the OBI. And the search was uh, lasted two weeks, but nothing was found. The FBI agreed to leave an agent on the case whilst the OBI investigated the incident, and the OBI and the sheriff's deputies then condu- conducted interviews with family and friends. Now, according to the families and friends' statements... Uh, that were taken the family often traveled with large sums of cash and had recently sold a bit of property so 
them having that amount of cash in the truck was not unusual. So what I initially thought was, oh, this is a bit strange. Their yes, family yeah. are claiming is normal for them. Yeah. Okay, so soon after, the FBI then took back the case and continued the investigation. Um, and that's all that Paul wrote in it. So then I had to he do a bit more... include the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So sure. I go a bit yeah. more deep down because then I wondered was the book published before the no, rest of the information was like it wasn't yeah. no it wasn't and then this is why I was like why did he leave it there so I've done some extra research so obviously this is very theory and rumour based by this point there is a lot out on social media and things like Reddit and everything else if you want to go and have a little look at that they are dead mm-hmm. I'm about to, yeah, yes. I'm about to get to that so first of all the theories that were thrown out there Okay, so some of the theories thrown out there was that the family had committed suicide, but I don't get why they would have left the dog in the truck if that's the case. You'd have just let the dog off, wouldn't you? Yeah. Okay. Um, So could have been abducted, but again, I think it's quite unusual to abduct a whole family, especially two adults, maybe an adult and two children, possible. Um, Also, there's no signs of scuffle or confrontation or any blood at the site, so how did that happen? Um, I think you can rule out robbery as a motive because all of that cash was left behind. Um, so then after a bit more digging, I discovered that their bodies had actually been found in 2013. I think it was November. Um, however, no cause of death was officially determined. Mm-hmm. Some later evidence taken from the family's surveillance back at their house that they'd left from um, on the day showed them uh, packing and that on the day that they'd left, apparently Chevelin had been seen packing a briefcase and a handgun, though neither of those items had been recovered and they were not in the truck. So I take that however you want to... I'm actually surprised he included this in the book. Yeah, but he didn't include the rest of it. Which then... Because doesn't fit his theory. Yeah, which is what I think. Which then takes me back to... Where did I write it? I had some unique factors according to okay. David. Okay. So he was saying, obviously, a lot of them, that obviously he said the unique factor was it was in a raw... Sorry, say what you want to say. Yeah, but like... The unique factors is that they're all just missing. There's yeah. no correlation. Well, this is bit, he calls it unique factors, but the first one he says is that they're in a rural setting. Yeah. They're, they're in a national missing. park. Yeah. Of course there's a fucking rural setting. Like, yeah. this is why I had to include them, because it but, pissed me off. But what, it, what I said, what he said at the beginning, uh, who mysteriously di- disappear predominantly in national parks, but elsewhere as well. Yeah. That's everywhere. That is everywhere. So it's nothing new. So the next unique one was um, included the fact that dogs were in a large number of these cases. Yeah. But for, um, So for unknown reasons, according to David, dogs play a major role in many of the disappearances um, in the eastern United States. Many of those cases involve children following their dogs into the wild. Yeah. However, when I looked at a lot of the cases, I couldn't yeah. find much of cases of the... One. Yeah, that's what I thought. There's no dogs in mine. Mm-hmm. And I think there was one, maybe, like, they were with the family dog. dogs there. Okay. So the next one is another dog-related one, and this is about canines can't track scents. So he put, could it be a coincidence? Um, But in many cases, expert tracking dogs were used and brought in to uh, catch the scent, and then were brought to the scene of the disappearance, but were unsuccessful in tracking or picking up a scent. In these cases, the dogs were given a piece of uh, clothing worn by the person and taken to the last known location, but either the dogs refused to track or couldn't pick up a scent. Most of, some of the time, it's hours later. Mm-hmm. Scent's not going to stick around that you long. It might have rain. Yes, wind. 
But also, they're another animal. Just because yeah. you give them a scent doesn't mean yeah. they can pick something up. They're refusing. How yeah. dare you refuse? This person has given me some certain vibes about reminding me of someone else. So. Okay. So the next one was disabled and impaired children. Yeah. Several cases in the East involve, uh, involved disabled children who disappeared. That was all he put. I was like, okay. Mm. I don't know, see why that makes it a unique factor. We have disabled people. I don't see why that makes it unique. Yeah, because one of my... One of the cases... The only thing I, I wouldn't... Yeah, sorry. You say what you're saying. That the only reason he was kind of added because he was a black man. Yeah. Well, you don't I wondered... that all the other people are white. So why yeah. say that this man... One was black. Yeah. Well, what I didn't get, when he was mentioned about the disabled thing, I thought he was going to go down a line of like, then like parents were struggling with looking after their disabled children. So they were just dumping them in national parks or deliberately losing them. Oh, I thought that's where he was going to go. With it. Like, I don't see why he made it a thing. I don't get it. Like okay. Disabled and able people go missing all the time. time. Yeah. It's not a factor. Okay. Okay. So the next one, some were conscious or unconscious or semi-conscious. Okay. Men, you're going to be one of the three, aren't you? It's not a unique factor. So many returned in a confused state and completely unconscious, but have no recollection of what happened or how they got there. Trauma. Yeah, which I explained, which is why I, after I wrote this, this is why I searched the fugue state thing, because it pissed me off. The next one, kidnapping. In several incidents, law enforcement officials believe the victim was kidnapped. In many of the cases, the people returned in fairly clean clothes, and even though they'd, even though they'd been heavy rain, they were dry made more unusual when you consider the fact that in these cases there was no shelter around where the person was found and so um, it could not be explained why the victim was dry. Maybe they did shelter somewhere where there was shelter and then they came out and then they were found. If you're under a lot of tree uh, thingy, you're not going to get rained on. Yeah. Why is he including kidnapping? I don't know. That's not going missing. Well, it kind of is, but it's not... Not of their own accord. It's not a unique factor. Factor. This is what I was confused about. He's just lumping everything together. together. So I think he's trying to group things, but like, yeah. I don't I don't get it. Anyway, the next one is the afternoon. The afternoon seems to be prime time for people to go missing, with 2pm to 5pm being the most common time frame for someone to disappear. Uh, okay. Maybe that... they're late on the day and they're tired. Tired. It's the heat mm-hmm. is the hottest at that time. Yeah. You're going to maybe get a bit disorientated. Mm-hmm. Might not have drank enough. Yeah. Next one. I kind of like this one because it really makes me think of you. Swamps and briar patches. I was just thinking swampy. Okay. Many of the missing are found in the middle or on the parameter of swamps and or briar patches. Some rescuers have commented on the unusual location um, that a child is found in and how they don't understand how they got there. I don't understand the last bit. What's that got to do with swamps? Also, if you're in the middle of a swamp... I don't know. He said an unusually large amount of people were found in swamps. I never found a swamp. No, neither did I. But again, I mean, I didn't search the whole book, but I think I was getting angry by this point. Um, and then the last one being found in areas previously searched. Searchers end up finding missing people in an area they were um, adamant that had been thoroughly searched. Well, maybe they just missed them. Or maybe the people moved. Because like, there's things where people go to one area, it gets searched, and then in the meantime, this person's still wandering about. And then they might get back on the tracks yeah. that they previously lost and end yeah. up going... Because they're trying to find their way back to where yeah. they left other people yeah which brings me back to my next point and this is where for me i was very certain that i kind of don't believe anything this guy is saying before you move on okay the child that ended up in like 18 miles away there's a some other person not this Mm -hmm. man says that when children are missing they tend to stay in like 
either 1.3 or like a three mile yeah. radius. They don't go too far. Yeah. That's why he I also read it. a thing about it's typical for children to go downhill rather than uphill. uphill. It makes sense. Yeah. For so anyone, you go downhill. This was it. So see, I was getting very frustrated by this. And obviously I went kind of looking through lots of sources by this point. Now this next one, possibly not the most reliable source. However, when this person publishes their paper, I want to read it. They posted that they're going to publish a paper on Reddit. Okay. Okay. But I think the point they make is quite valid. So they're basically shitting on David. They were saying that they, um, he doesn't deep dive into the case. He writes very brief things. And basically what he's relying on is people not doing their own research. Because there's a number of old cases that if you go back, like I pointed out with my, was it the Edward Gurk one? If you look at the newspaper reports, it says something very different. And this person picks up this particular case. And this is what I want to discuss with you. So there was a case about a boy who had gone missing and later reappeared. His name was Michael Aubrey and he was 12 years old. Um, So it's an old case. And David wrote that the boy never recalled what had happened to him and that it was a complete mystery. However, this person, when they've done their own research, managed to find later reports of the dad giving an interview. Okay, And in this news report, he stated that the child was homesick. So this child had gone away with a group of some form. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that while he was on this school trip or camp, that he'd um, he'd become homesick and wandered off with the intention of trying to hike back home, okay? Yet he didn't, he roughly knew the way back, but didn't. So he parted of his own accord from the group. He said he sheltered under rocks and tree branches and lost track of time. Um, and that when he'd become lost, he, um, he then became more disorientated again lost track of time knew someone would probably be looking for him so then decided to try and turn back and find his way back to where he'd originally left the group in the hope that they would be looking for him in that area yeah um so he was basically then looking back for the group that he'd previously separated with so i think this is one of those cases where if you go away from the book actually you can find the answers for these cases so basically in that particular case david had made it out like it was a complete mystery Mm this child turned up and had no recollection of what would happen and would never find any memories. However, when this person did their own research, they found newspaper articles where the child later admitted that they were feeling homesick and had tried to find their own way home. It's It's a very different story from what uh, David was painting. Yeah, I think he's looking for a mystery where there isn't one. Mm -hmm. I think, like I said, this brings me back to, you know, when we did our episodes on like conspiracy theories mm. and then also if you link mm. back to my megaliths episodes, mm-hmm. if you look at those things as an individual thing, so if you look at David's books and documentaries, mm-hmm. it sounds like there's some big either conspiracy theory or some big mystery, there's yeah. something that needs looking into. Yeah, because like How... I said, I've always heard Missing 4-1. I'm like, oh, what is that? But yeah. I've never like looked into it. Yeah. Well, when you, when it got suggested to me and then when you'd mentioned that you were going to look at it, I thought it was going to be... Like, there was a several cases. Mm-hmm. They couldn't find any... F- yeah. in, there was going to be no information on I them. They just disappeared. Be, yeah, a few connected. Not and it was going to be a major yeah. alien conspiracy theory. That's oh, what... Yeah, that's now. what I thought. Because when it said conspiracy theories, I thought everyone's going to go aliens. Mm-hmm. And I thought then he was going to say, like, something plucked them out from the sky because nothing else was found. It was going to be... There was nothing left of them, so they must have been zapped into the sky. I thought it was just going to be... It was mysterious because they're all in national parks. Mm-hmm. But then you look at it and it's, like, everywhere. But, you look at the amount of people that go to these national parks. The amount of people that go missing is a yes. very small number. Yeah. 
and you National look at because I looked at something because I didn't include it because it was just an individual person's comment, mm. something that they'd gathered and it wasn't an official report. But they were saying about the amount of searches each year. There's hun- uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of searches done. Yet out of that, maybe only one or two remain missing. So yeah. in a grand scheme yeah. of things, yeah. there's not many missing people. And I I can't remember where it was, but you look at the map of like missing people, mm-hmm. and then you look at the map of caves mm-hmm. in those national parks. Yeah. A lot of correlation. Yeah. Because so if you're going to, if you see a cave, you might want to, you're going to go inside the cave. Mm-hmm. Whether you come back out of the cave is a different story or not. Yeah. People are naturally drawn to like the mysterious. Yeah. So whether you are on a trail and you're like, I oh, know I'm going to stick to the trail. Yeah. You see something, you're going to be like, oh, oh what's that? Fine. I can just, I can still see the trail from yeah. where I am. Or even if you want to throw the whole animal thing in there, maybe an animal did take you by surprise. What do you do? You run for shelter. Yeah. So then you might lose where you were because in your blind panic, your mm-hmm. adrenaline's got you yeah. running in any old direction. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, now I can't find my way back. So yeah, this missing 411 thing is nothing what I thought it was going to be. No, it's not. There's certain things, like I said, this person that posted on Reddit that they're mm-hmm. going to publish a paper, mm-hmm. when I can find that paper, I'd be very interested to read it because I think this person has quite a valid point that, like I said, he's written this based on the fact that he's expecting people to take what he's written as fact. Mm-hmm. And he's not expecting them to go and do their own research. Because it's very hard. You know, when you read things, you think, yeah. oh, this is really interesting. Yeah. And like with these documentaries, you expect that the facts that they're putting there are going to be, that's it. They're not going to not include something yeah. that contradicts what they want to say. Yeah. Yet all I've learned over time is actually you need to go and do your own research. Because so many of these cases, I've looked at what he's written in the book and I looked at the little paragraph and thought, oh, there's nothing on it. I'll just type it into Google to see if it's right. And it's what it's brought up is something completely different yeah. to what he's written in the book. And I mean, yeah. like, not a little bit different, yeah. very different. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this stands out a lot because, like, lots of things happened in this area, but then he's not mm. said more things. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll it's, include that bit. It's one of those things, me. like, I kind of want to get the books and watch the documentary yeah. so I can fully, like, not fully shit on him, but I can... Because at the moment, I've only taken this from a small section of the book, so mm. you could say I'm just, it's just the bit that I've looked at. I've not mm. read his whole book, so he might say something later that would... You know, like, I haven't done my proper yeah. research. I think you and I should sit down and watch those documentaries just mm-hmm. so we can, like, not just shit on his work. I think we... It's obviously from him, but it's people filming it for him, you know what I mean? It's, like, his input, yeah. but they're doing it. And this is it, and I think I want to do more research on yeah. it because I want not to be able to disprove him and, like, solve more things, but I generally just think this is just a collection of people that have gone missing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, some of them seem a bit strange or a bit unusual, but I just think maybe they just weren't... You know when you look at some true crime cases and mm. it's a case of they just didn't search properly at the time or like yeah, they missed that's things. All it is. Sloppy police work. Yeah. I think that's all it is. That's but like you is. think in the grand scheme of things, how many people go missing every day? Exactly. Is it just extra mysterious because it's in a national park? Like, I don't think there's some big conspiracy theory. No. I think these people have just gone missing and unfortunately some of them haven't been found. But you look how remote it is as well. Mm-hmm. Some of these probably saying. never They're will be found. I think, yeah. We may revisit this, we may not. I think we should I kind of want to like I'm frustrated yeah. by it yeah, and I I'm was. annoyed I but then it also makes me want to kind of research it more yeah. because yeah like I said some of these cases I want to just be like it's been included in the missing 411, 411 but actually I've solved it so you yeah. know like it's not a mysterious case anymore no it's, yeah which is what I think this other person that mentioned it on reddit is kind of done speaking of reddit mm-hmm. we are banned from posting on there yeah you got we us were... banned <laughs> Natasha I was looking for stories of our listeners to include on upcoming shows in yes. the autumn time. So people listening, if you have any spooky stories mm-hmm. that's happened to you, please email us at the graveyard girls 
pod at gmail.com. Yes, that is correct. And we will include it in the spooky stories season we're going to do yeah. in the autumn. So anything about ghosts? Anything true crime? What made you believe in the paranormal? Yeah. Any just weird experiences yeah. that you've sort of had where you can't really explain it? Or if you met a killer or you escaped Ooh, a killer. Yeah, that that'd be a good, good. one. Or, um, as I always say, if you have an alien story no, to No, I don't want any of them. To annoy me. If, if you've I got them, I you. want proof of the alien. I will believe you. <laughs> I won't. I will try to convince Amelia. But other than that, yeah, spooky yeah, stories. You can send them. Aliens, you can include your name if you want to. Or if you want to remain anonymous, just okay. tell us you want to remain anonymous and that's fine. Yes. Just a truthful story. Yes, bit. please. So no aliens. So those people <laughs> who have sent some already, thank yes, you. Yes, we've we... started. We've got a few, but we want a few more because we want to do like a whole season rather yeah. than just one episode. Yeah. So we want a few more. If yeah. you could send them, please. Yes, yeah, that'd be helpful. But yeah, is that it for today? I think it is because I'm just I'm the I more I've read this case, yeah. the more frustrated I am. Like, I'm even more frustrated now than I was when I was actually researching it. Same. Okay. I was just like, why is this included? <laughs> like it was so Stupid. disorganized. Yeah. And I don't I don't like things when it's like that anyway, but considering this was a book and like a final thing, yeah. it seemed so Speaking disorganized. Of the book, one of my one of the people I included, like in the thing of like when they disappeared, it was like mm. it said one date and then immediately below it said another one it said i think they got it wrong like how we speak yeah like we say like 19 whatever yeah but we say 2000 because that's what we used to that's what he did in the book and oh. i'm like who the hell proofread this yeah how no did that I, get published? I, I just i don't i don't like it i don't trust his theories no. i don't think it's a big conspiracy no people i think missing. People just went missing. You and I can go missing on the way. You can try and make links between anything. I could make links between every single missing person. Exactly. If you go looking for them, it it doesn't mean that that's what happened. They're just, these people disappeared. End of. Mm. On that note. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. In the meantime. (laughs) Keep creeping. And we'll keep digging. (laughs)